I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glasser. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. We just posted an episode that's going to get you prepared for week two after the disaster for many in week one. So go ahead and check out me and Chris Ardieri today, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well, lakersball.com go ahead and check out joe soro who looks like he's feeling better and i'm sure he let everybody know at lakersball.com is oxide t47 plus he runs a company whether he's sick or whether he's well that it needs to go ahead and have your support that is simblates simblate for the y.com our good friends laker tom the number one lakers blogger that's out there who loves getting the heat anytime he proposes a crazy lakers trade like we talked about last night and also our thoughts are with jamie sweet i uh, hope everything's okay for you my friend go ahead and check out those two today at lakerholics.com also another good friend empire jeff empire jeff tv please subscribe today he's got always some great things to talk about on the nba and also the lakers at empire jeff tv also, our good friend, John McCallion, he had another stream last night. So go ahead and support him because he's on his way to 130 pounds lost by Halloween. He's 70 down, 60 to go. So supportive and so happy for him. And you can support him today, too. And speaking of subscribing, like you should with Empire Jeff and also as well, John McCallion, please go ahead and click on the little Joe with the beady eyes. The beady eyes, the big bug eyes right there next to Megan Price. She's right here. It, don't be scared, Megan. Don't be scared. Okay. I know it's a little, it's just a little Joe. There you go. It's it's okay. But that icon, if you click on little Joe, will go ahead and allow you to go ahead and get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air next to big Joe, of course, next, <laughs> with the latest Lakers fast break podcast. Hey, everybody just does a bell. We do a little Joe as far as what you click to subscribe indeed. But if you could do all that, you can support all that. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, with our basketball uh, appreciations, our team reports all throughout the league, now going into the Western Conference, what a great way to go ahead and celebrate the Western Conference and look at one of the biggest prospects in more, you know, more ways than one, not just height-wise, but, you know, the, the best prospect in the history of basketball, the best prospects since LeBron James. You know, when Adrian Wojnarowski said that out there, a lot of people are saying, oh, come on, you're kidding me. But I've actually seen him in Henderson when he first played uh, as a member of France. His, his pro team played G League Ignite. I've seen him twice in Las Vegas in Summer League, and I can tell you for a fact, he is the real deal. And here today to discuss Victor Wembyama and also the San Antonio Spurs, what are their prospects for this season? A great guest indeed. You got to check out the great shows with all the other lovely ladies at Three Chicks in a Pod. Plus also everything that she does that's out there. She does football. She does uh, sports. 
all around there, and she's going to give you the lowdown on every single thing she does before she goes out of today, uh, as far as today's show is concerned. It is Megan Price, and Megan, great to have you here talking the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, yes. Well, one, I'm so excited for the Spurs season in general, but thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, last season, as we know, we only won 22 games. It was brutal. Um, I mean, even though that we knew kind of the theme was tank for Wimby, um, I don't know that we could necessarily go out and say like, hey, we actually did tank. But um, by the end of the season, Devin Vassell was sitting, Keldon Johnson was sitting. It was it was painful to say the least. So super excited for this season. Um, I don't expect... Uh, um, you know, I think we can make the playoffs probably as a low seed. If we finish um, the season at like 42, 43 wins, I'll, I'll be pretty satisfied. Well, that's uh, pretty lofty expectations. That's uh, <laughs> a 20 game plus turnaround. And if that's Correct. the case, that'd be one of the biggest turnarounds in NBA history. But it all would be on the back of Victor Wemiyama. And before I send it over to Sean and Joe, one question I want to ask you, and, and of course, Victor Wemiyama is the the marquee. He's the headliner for all this. And I'll let them go into more into that. My question on is, if you've got Victor as your number one, who is supposed to be helping him out? And is that enough to get the job done? Um, well, okay, so we have Keldon Johnson. Uh, we have Devin Vassell. Uh, Devin Vassell had some knee issues last season, but I'm super happy with his de development so far. Um, his shooting percentages have gone up. His three-point shooting percentage has gone up. Um, and I also feel like he brings a lot to the defensive side of the ball as well. Keldon also plays defense. So I think if we can move Keldon from the power forward position and get him where he naturally should be at the small forward, I think we'll flow a little bit better. Um, also in the summer league, we saw the um, emergence of Champagnan, Julian. Um, really excited to see what he can do for the team. Basie played really well. Barlow played well. So excited to see the development from the other guys in the G League and coming up on a two-way contract. Very, very good indeed. The, the future is definitely bright in, uh, for San Antonio. But also here today, good man indeed. He's the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and talk to Megan Price. In regards to the San Antonio Spurs, it is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. And Magic Man, great to have you here. Appreciate you. We're going to step in in case I couldn't make it on time. Truly appreciate it once again. Your thoughts, my friend, as Megan's here to talk San Antonio Spurs. Okay, man. You got the questions on the table. Go ahead. All right, Joe. Up. Thank you very much. And uh, as the uh, head coach gives the uh, task to the offensive coordinator, I'm always willing to uh, oblige. Uh, Megan, I had a, I had a quick question. So um, Gerald, Gerald had mentioned that uh, lofty expectations, right, with about right. 43 wins. However, the Spurs have two of the biggest turnaround seasons in NBA history. Um, when Bob Hill coached the team, um, they won 20 games, then ended up uh, selecting uh, Tim Duncan. Right. Yep. And before then, uh, they won 21 games. And uh, I believe that was under Larry Brown, if I'm not mistaken. And they it selected it. They selected David Robinson, number one. Both of those teams turned, uh, you know, a 20-win team into nearly a 60-win team. Both teams, right. I think, won... I think one team won 59. I think Robinson won 56. But anyway, it was a huge turnaround. It was a little different, though, because both of those teams had uh, ready uh, guard, special uh, veteran guards, and they right. also had a lot of complementary role players in the front court. So this time's a little different. I I'm with you. I actually think the, the Spurs could possibly win 40 or plus games. But who's the X factor here? Because there's somebody who's going to have to uh, have some shaved minutes or uh, either some time shaved off. It's either going to be like the three main um, guys right now who you'd say might draw the short straw is either Keldon Johnson, Jeremy Sohan, or Zach Collins. Out of those three, who do you think is not going to be uh, playing with Wemby very much? I would probably say Zach Collins. Um, and, you know, I hate that for him just because I, I'm happy for the success that he's had with us. And, you know, I when I say success, I mean 
healthy. He's been healthy. Obviously, we weren't winning a lot of games, but him just being on the court is um, just a huge blessing for us and for him as well, because, you know, he went through a period where he didn't play basketball for over 700 days. So um, for him, I think he'll be okay taking a role, a bench role. I mean, and that's just what it's going to have to be. And I don't think um, Jeremy what we saw out of him last season and just the development and his willingness to be coached and to be, you know, willing to change the way he shoots. Um, I think that that is something that you, you don't shave those minutes. No, no, absolutely not. And uh, I'm a huge fan of Jeremy as well. I thought he showed a lot of chutzpah by, uh, mm -hmm. by changing the way he shoots free throws and it worked Megan because right. he ended up shooting well over 70% from the line when he switched. So it's obvious that uh, Pop and uh, the rest of the developmental staff love him because he's mm -hmm. completely willing to listen and do anything that they want. Do you see him as a number two potentially with Wemby? Or do you think he's more of a, like, like a specified role player, like more of a Draymond Green or uh, say a former Laker like Lamar Odom? I would probably more specialized um, in his role, but um, because I feel like at this point in time, you you lean on Keldon, you you lean on Devin as long as Devin's healthy as well. Um, but I think they played it safe last season. Like I don't think he was that injured to sit as long as he was. But they were like it was already going to be a terrible season, so no reason to push it. Where you know I, I feel like our offense is going to run around those three. Tell you what though. Great to have her here. It is Megan Price. Check out the work she does today in each and every timeout at 806 Sports Radio, plus also Beyond the Rim, Three Chicks in a Pod, Sports Arena, NBA Carousel. My gosh, she also does a lot of media for Dallas Wings and, my gosh, WNBA, Team USA <laughs> Women's Basketball. What doesn't she do? find out i i also uh host uh some spaces on twitter about the WNBA as well so uh we will be doing one this wednesday at 8 15 eastern um to kind of follow up the first round of the WNBA playoffs so if y'all get a chance to check that out just search queen of hoop there you go absolutely queen of hoop indeed but also here today good man indeed i'm glad he's feeling better and feeling up to talking to Megan Price of the San Antonio Spurs. It is Ox1947 from LakersBall.com. Joe Soro. Joe, good to have you here, my friend. Your thoughts on what you want to ask Megan Price on the Spurs? I have more comments. I'm, I'm thinking based off the, the current roster. Uh, <clears throat> I know that the Spurs were dynamos in selecting talented players late in the first and second rounds. Uh it's a big part of why they were able to continue their run through the 2000s and through the mid-2010s. The Kawhi Leonard trade was a unique trade. You don't typically see 15 overall picks become what he became. Uh, it then was followed by Giannis, who's also picked 15. And I'm also basing it off of what's happened in the last five years. So unless something changes back to what I don't know if their scouting is just missing at this point. And I'm, when I say missing, I'm not, you know, missing in the second round and the late first rounds is not necessarily missing. It's, it's hitting on a jackpot that late. My thought is they're going to, they're going to groom Victor to obviously be the number one. And I believe in two years when I believe the 2025 free agency market's going to have a good amount of talent, especially after the TV contracts. I think some guys might wait it out a little bit to see what that's going to be. San Antonio might be probably one of three teams that are small markets that could, could influence a high-price free agent like a Giannis, a Jason Tatum, someone like that. That might be available then. Uh, at the current setup right now, I don't really see anyone of any significance when it comes to like next level talent. There's 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 essential role players, but San Antonio Spurs have the same philosophy as the, as the Lakers in a lot of ways. They're, they're about winning championships, not about making the playoffs. So 
if if Pop decided to stay another ten years, if he wants to Belichick this thing that he's doing, then I'm gonna I'm gonna take a wild guess. He's gonna try to win more rings, and that's kind of how I look at the Spurs uh, setup. They're gonna have to get if they don't get any next level players in the draft, like they have in the past. They're gonna have to get at least one top-notch, one A player in free agency in the next couple of years. If not, they're gonna have a problem competing for a championship. I agree with that. I do think that um, just objectively looking at it for for the long game, um, you know, it's something that I could see us you know, bring into fruition over the next three to five years. It's not something that like, oh, I think, oh, just because we got Wimby, we're going to win a championship next year or the year after that. Uh, we do need a clear cut number two. Um, and, and we don't have that. You're right. We don't have that at this point in time. Um, some really great role players. But, um, you know, I think a good example is the Connecticut Sun. So the Connecticut Sun, they had their coach, Kurt Miller, leave them during the offseason, took them to the finals, and then he left to go coach the Sparks. And then um, their MVP player, John Quill Jones, joined the New York Liberty. And so they had three, you know, because you talk about tiers, there's superstars, stars, and then role players, right? Um, they had three stars um, in Dewana Bonner, Brianna Jones, and Alyssa Thomas. And it wasn't clear how they were going to develop and who was going to move forward. Um, and going through this season, they ended up losing one of those three, also Brianna Jones to an Achilles injury. And so it's surprising because not only with a rookie coach that that development that they had, um, and they were still able to maintain a number three seed. Now, obviously I know that's a W compared to the NBA, but I think it's a good example of you can possibly find that of somebody that's already within your program. What Julian did this summer in the summer league, I, not to, I don't want to say that I was shocked, but maybe I was shocked. Like, I mean, he, he played amazing. And obviously that's not the same thing as being in an NBA game, but what he, what he was able to do, I see a lot of potential there. So um, I have hopes that we can develop somebody that's already on the roster. I just don't know if we have a clear-cut number two right now. If not, you're absolutely right. We're going to have to, in free agency, just be able to pull somebody in that if we're not able to draft somebody at that level. And I'm not – I don't want to say I'm fearful of, but, I mean, if we make the playoffs, then we're not going to be getting that high of a draft pick. So, I mean, what do you want to do? Do you want to be bad for another season or two and ensure that you have a number two next to Wimby? Or do you want to try and develop somebody, play well enough that you can attract a free agent? Personally, I would rather attract a free agent. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know, condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts.
Once again, it is Megan Price. Go ahead and check out the tremendous work she does today at 806 Sports. The sip-off, all the stuff that she does for the WNBA, the NBA Carousel, Sports Arena, Chicks in a Pod, Beyond the Rim, and so much more. Go ahead and check out all the fantastic work she's doing today. Also, she at the end of the show, she's going to give you an update on a special event she mentioned a little earlier. She's going to remind you to go ahead and be a part of as well. I want to ask, though, when it comes to the Spurs, Megan, uh, again, you have them already in the playoff mix by just getting Victor Wembanyama. I mean, you're talking a lot of pressure on the kid. You know, the ups and downs of a rookie season is going to be there for him, even though I think he is the real deal. And I, I will not back away from that. I think he's truly a special talent. He's a wing in a center's body is pretty much what I evaluate him as. as. But that's a lot of pressure for a kid knowing that he's probably going to hit the rookie wall at some point in time during the season. He's going to have to break through. But it also needs to elevation from all the teammates around him. And I agree with Joe. I think you are a, a, a definitive number two or one A player away from really catapulting into the playoff mix. But what do you see also besides the obvious jump from having Victor being the key to getting in that playoff mix, especially in a Western conference that's loaded? I think the key is um, getting back to what we're known for. And it may be because we're not so flashy with it that maybe not everyone realized how well we were known for it, but playing defense. Um, our the Spurs defense was part of that and being two-way players. And that's what I think is going to be key to getting back to the playoffs. But once again, I don't know how concerned I am about just making the playoffs because, um, you know, I, I still want to be able to go to the draft and get somebody, maybe get not necessarily like a top five pick, but a top 10 pick. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Magic Man? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what, Megan? I, I, I'm hearing a lot of little scuttlebutt from uh, different different uh, segments that, uh, you know, Wemby looks fragile. He doesn't. Right. He does, yeah, right. You know, the kid is less than 20 years old. Right. He hasn't. He hasn't really developed his body yet. He's still growing. And this is probably the first time he's ever going to talk to a group of people who want to see him do well. Like, Wemby does not need to go all diesel in the weight room. Kevin right. Durant didn't. Kevin Durant didn't go that route. He got a little stronger, and he was still able to slip through those cracks uh, when he needed to, Megan, I think Wemby is is going to do the same thing. I just think he just needs definition at this point. But all the tools are there. I think uh, much ado about nothing about his health. Um, where do you see go the guard play coming into play here with the the Spurs? Because they have Trey Jones, who I love. Right. I, right I've been, yeah, I love Trey Jones. Um, he's probably been the best backup point guard uh, in the last four or five years. But I'm pretty sure he's going to start now um, mm -hmm. just because, I, you know, you Pop loves smart guards. He's always has Avery Johnson, Manu Ginobili, uh, Bruce, Bruce Bowen. He needs that IQ handling the ball or being an off guard. So if Trey is your starting point guard, who do you see as the off guard there, Megan? Is it is it Blake Wesley? Is it Branham? Do you think City Sasiko? Uh, may uh, push both those guys out of the way and, and be Trey's uh, right-hand man. Wh where do you see the guard play with the Spurs? Um, well, first off, I want to say I love Trey, too. Um, I love his development and his willingness to come off the bench and just to be a part of the Spurs program. Um, him and his brother both play very similar ball um, and just really enjoy what he brings to the court. And I do think that he is our starting guard. Um, obviously, we we did have a wealth of guards there for a while there for a while, you know, we had Lonnie Walker, we had DeJounte Murray, like we had like a five guard system. And then we would go to the draft and we would draft another guard, Josh Primo. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what are we doing? We have seven guards on the roster, you know? And then now it's different because we have all these forwards um, and we don't really have any shooting guards, but we do have Devonte Graham um, who struggled over there in Charlotte um, but if he could come over here and just be willing to fit into the system and get the minutes, um, that's just literally 
what the Spurs are. Like it's it's a system. You don't come in and shake up the system. You earn your minutes. Um, and that's just, you have to be have the mind frame to do that. Um, I also saw a comment over here, somebody talking about Pop doesn't look very healthy. Um, and I, you know, you have to just be realistic um, about his age. Um, I don't think that we see Pop fill, fulfill his contract. Um, he signed, you know, a five-year extension. I think we see Becky come back within the, you know, three to four years. So um, I think they had something that was under the table. Um, obviously, that's not been confirmed. Uh, you know, um, it's not just wishful thinking, though. It's kind of a few things that I have heard around is that they had something under the table. But, you know, Spurs... Uh, front office wanted her to have some head coaching experience before they handed over the reins, which is understandable. You know, Pop got them five rings. It's not something that they just want to let go to anyone. So um, I think she goes, makes her mark in the W, and we see her come back as the Spurs head coach in three to four years. Joe? I would, I've been running comps on Victor. The main concern with Victor is he's frail. Mm -hmm. But we had a player – in Milwaukee, was frail as well. Uh, Giannis, I believe, was 6'9". I think he was below 200 pounds. For those of you who don't know how thin that is, <laughs> I have, I'm 100, I have a, well, not that much, actually. I have 80 pounds on rookie Giannis, and I'm seven inches shorter. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I like to think I'm a pretty healthy guy. <laughs> but Giannis grew into his body. Uh, I use him as an example of because I, 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 and I, I'm not trying to be naive here either with the performance enhancing stuff around the world and on Instagram and all this crap. Um, I would show the genetic definition of a Giannis. I said, You see that muscle right there? I mean, and they could always say, Well, he's probably using stuff now. I'm like, Well, let's just say he's not. I go, Some people are born like this, right? They have the genetics. So Victor is 209 pounds at 7'5". Right. Giannis gained almost 50 pounds from his rookie season till this year. So if Wenbayama gets to 250, how does that change his game? Does it change his game? Uh, I know that he works a lot like Kareem used to very, very into yoga, flexibility type stuff. Um, I don't, that's another thing people don't get taught enough, flexibility and stretching. There are people out there that actually literally stretch for like an hour a day. Mm -hmm. um, stretching is probably one of the greatest things you can do in your, in, in your daily life. So <clears throat> as far as him not being able to withstand the rigors of an 82 game season, that's gonna be based off of his diet, his genetics, his workout habits, all those things. So unless we were playing the old school rules, he's probably going to be okay. But he does remind me a lot of Porzingis. He runs like Porzingis. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I, what I, what I call his run is it looks, and this happens to a lot of tall guys. Matter of fact, 15 years ago, my wife told me, you slouch when you talk to people. I go, what are you talking about? She goes, you slouch. Like, you slouch. And I used to have this kink in my back. Like, it always would always be there, like, every three months. I learned how to stand up. Like, I learned how to sit up, like, stand up straight more. And it completely took away the pain forever. And a lot of, I think, what will help Victor is I, he... I mean, it's, it's, I can only imagine how, how the heck he even talks to anybody. I mean, he's, he's going to have to, I mean, he has to just look down all the time. So it's really hard for them to function on a daily basis. But I think if he can strengthen his, his core to the point where he can sit straight, he can stand straight up and not be so slouched, I think that would help um, keep his back, keep his body in, 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 in better balance. Again, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on, on TV and I don't play one on here, but being in that world of slouching and everybody around you being a, a shorty, I mean, you can only imagine what's happened. You know, I can only imagine how much he has to deal with it because he's a foot right. taller than everybody, but, um, but he's going to have to definitely be very proactive. And it looks like he is 
proactive in how his body's going to heal from the abuse he's going to put his body through in this thing. And I, I'm also not liking what's going on with Giannis. And I, this happens in the NBA a lot. It happens in sports and, and anything, actually, where they're starting to turn him into a villain because he said one thing that he – I mean, I, mean I, I don't know what's going on with that. And it's sad, too, to know that you're, you're – you got this innocent guy who's got a lot of positiveness. Every time I hear him in interviews, very nice man, very cool. You know, I'm just hoping that he doesn't get infected by the by the snakes out there. I, I think he's in the right spot. Um, you know, I, I have done press conferences with Pop before. Um, and when it's a bad game, you don't see the players in there. He goes in there and he takes all the heat from the press. And he tells all the players, you know, and there's no fines handed out, you know. Um, and he just, he steps in as a leader and he takes the heat. So, you know, I think he's in the right place. Um, obviously, you know, Timmy's still going to be not necessarily on the coaching staff, but he's still in the facility. Uh, I believe Manu's going to be on the coaching staff. And, um, you know, as far as, I mean, he's in a small market also. So, you know, I don't think it has the the same connotation as being in LA or in New York and the viciousness of the media in those places. Um, I mean, it's, it's San Antonio, you know, um, it, it definitely has a home vibe. There's a reason why Manu still has a house there. There's a reason why Lonnie Walker still has a house there um, because they enjoy being there. And also I saw a comment on the side where somebody said that Brandon Ingram never filled out either. I, I disagree. It looks like he's put on about 10 to 15 pounds and um, while he's still not going to go in there and just like bang in the lane that hard, um, I think it's made a difference those 10 to 15 pounds. So uh, just my personal opinion on that. And I, and I do agree also that um, if he can model himself after the way Kareem played, um, I think that's the way to go right there. Once again, it is Megan Price from 806 Sports. Check out everything that she's doing. Okay, I'm going <gasps> to gotta take a deep <laughs> breath for this. Okay, first off, we got Beyond the Rim, Three Chicks in a Pod, Sports Arena, Queen of Hoop, NBA Carousel. Of course, everything that she does for the Dallas Wings and WNBA and the Team USA Women's Basketball, plus the sip-off, everything she does right there. If you want to go ahead and make sure she will get you up to date on a great place to go where you can check out everything that Megan Price does. She's going to be saying that at the end of our conversation here. But when it comes to the Spurs, Megan, you know, it just, the sky's the limit. But again, it uh, to me, in order for this team to get there faster, rather than you know, what maybe most people are expecting, maybe it's going to be a two, three-year plan. You're expecting it to start away right away as far as getting back in the, in the swing of things, it's going to take a supporting cast. That's really going to have to step up their game. It's not just Victor Victor. Mm -hmm. I think right out of the gate, will probably get you 20 points, uh, 10, 12 rebounds uh, right there. Maybe a couple assists added on to that. If he shoots anywhere near 35% from behind the arc, I think that's a blessing. I think that's a, that's a fantastic. I know he'll try to shoot a lot. I don't know whether or not he'll be accurate or be from behind the arc yet, because it's been kind of touch and go. Uh, but, you know, his his shooting percentage once he's inside should be really high as well. So, yeah, the, the numbers for Victor will be eye-popping to a lot of people. It's just who in that starting five do you have that's going to help him get to where he needs to go? You know, as before I mentioned with Keldon, um, you know, Keldon is somebody that came in and was a, was a role player coming off of the bench. Um, and then ended up just randomly being able to be a part of Team USA. And that's where I saw Keldon take a next step forward. Um, he was uh, not in the final game, but in the process of getting there to the most recent gold, he was a big part of that. And, um, you know, I think that's something that he brought back with him. Um, the, you know, just how great it feels to be an American and be a gold medalist like that uh, for Team USA. I think he brought that back brought that leadership back and as um as he was talking as he was expected to be the leader this year because everybody left uh once again also saw a comment where somebody said we shouldn't have traded murray murray didn't sign his extension we didn't have much of a choice um but to trade him or let him go in free agency so um the loss of bates yeah oh, sad um i that was one that actually hurt um i'm not too sure why we cut ties with campaign either 
Um, that was kind of strange for me. So we'll see what happens with that. We did pick up Reggie Bullock, though, during um, the offseason. So I'm interested to see how that goes, if he'll fit into the roster or if we end up waving him, too. So it's part of the process. We shall see how it goes. Magic Man, uh, please elaborate more on any thoughts or questions that you have for Megan on the San Antonio Spurs. And before we head on out, we obviously want to hear what she thinks about her much uh, angst as far as a rival is concerned, because the Spurs, <laughs> uh, if they do have a rival, might as well say, seems like if everybody has a rival, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. But go ahead, Magic, your thoughts yeah. uh, with Megan. Thanks. Thanks, Gerald. Um, Megan, so if you look at um, a, a site called Positive Residual, which is probably the the analytics hub for uh, most hoopheads, the Spurs have a really tough schedule. They have the toughest mm-hmm. schedule in the whole NBA, according to uh, Positive Residual. We know what that's like because our first 12 games were a horror show. We went 2-10. and 10. Right. So if the I think if the Spurs have an opportunity like you said to maybe get into a playing game i think those first 10 games are are good litmus test because they're very difficult right uh right so how do you how do you feel about you know managing minutes and versus development versus like you said spurs spurs fans are more than knowledgeable when it comes to what happened last year right but they right. don't want to see like multiple seasons where the Spurs are losing 55, 60 games. So how do you see the first 10 games playing out? And how do you see the rest of the schedule playing out for the Spurs? Um, as far as it being the toughest schedule, um, I, I don't think that that's anything that we're not used to. Um not only last year, what was last year was tough too, but um, before that, whenever we had the condensed schedule, um, we also had two really bad bouts with COVID um, and we were calling up G, G League guys left and right. Um, and so while we were already in a condensed schedule and everybody was doing three to four games a week already, we were doing makeup because we had seven games that, because we went to Detroit and everybody caught COVID and you know we had to make up those like seven or eight games. So at the end of the schedule, we were playing five games a week and it was just, it was atrocious. And we still, we still made the playoffs that year. So, um, or barely missed it, you know? So um, I I think that we'll be able to stick with what we know and that's just grind it out. And if there's anybody that can do that and lead us through that, that's pop. Joe, did you want to elaborate more on your thoughts on the Spurs? I think, again, if everything breaks right for them, they can surprise a lot of people. And Megan has them in the mix in the playoffs. Uh, I know you and I are probably a little bit hesitant to put them there yet. But if things break the right way, uh, you know, we see some injuries from some of the teams up above. You never know, my friend. And Victor, it pops right away. Pardon the pun on the pops. It could really become a good year for the Spurs. But it have it would have to break everything would have to break the right way. I mean that's pretty much everybody's path if everything breaks right. I don't I just don't see them competing in the West for another couple of years. They don't have enough reinforcements. Wenbiyama would have to be Shaq 1993, I believe, to do what you think he should do. Yeah, that that was really that was really good. And even that team, that Orlando team, still finished 41 and 41. So it's you're asking a lot. You're asking a lot. You've already put enough pressure on this guy, on this guy. And I'm not a big Woj fan. The fact that he said that this is the greatest uh, prospect ever that was a stupid comment. I thought that was even if if, if you believed it, it's a stupid thing to say. I don't. Think it's just so that. it puts so much pressure on him. It, yeah, and it's just off putting in so many ways. Um, I mean, because we're we're experiencing something now with Austin Reeves, right, Joe? Where everybody is putting all this, you know, hoopla behind him. It's him and all that after his experience in Team USA. We, you know, it, it's just it's just so much pressure. We are we are we are a society that continues to live in fantasy land. And what happens is when you live in fantasy land, it's kind of like, and I'm going to use this analogy because Gerald, you're a big wrestling guy, right? At some point, 
when you've been doing that for so long, you start believing that character, right? Isn't that what Triple H was saying about Ric Flair at some point? You, li- you live the guy. gimmick. Right. The problem is, and this is what John uh, JR said after, he's like, Ric Flair would be Ric Flair, but when Ric Flair needed to go home, he, he didn't pay his taxes. I'm sorry to say this, folks. Real life matters. So what what needs to happen here is we need to let this guy develop and understand that the Spurs haven't been above what is it, uh, thirty four wins the last five seasons, and now that's incorrect. That I, that's incorrect. There were um, some seasons there with Dejounte that we were over forty. The last time you guys were over forty was two thousand nineteen. Okay. Yeah. The reality is, and I know you guys are hurting to win. Believe me, I remember the CP3 gap. I call it the CP3 gap, where the losing was taking its toll. I had missed a game in, I think, 10 years. And finally, towards the end of one of the Luke Walton era of coaching, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep watching this team play. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, to be realistic, we gotta let we got to let this team kind of put itself together. Uh I just don't see how they're going to compete by just adding one guy who's going to be a rookie who needs to adjust, who needs to grow into his own. Uh, and that's, that's how I look at this. And as far as pop, I've been wondering like what, what's pop's exit strategy here. If it is to wait for Becky Hammond, I think that was a terrible decision. I think what would have been better is to keep her on the staff and let these guys see her every day, then take over. Then at that point, they know her. Bringing her back from somewhere else three, four years later, and some of these guys won't even know who she is, I think that's asking too much of her, and I think you're going to have – you gonna you might have some problems there. But she is, the, in, she is the highest paid coach in the WNBA. Is that, is that correct, Megan? Mm-hmm. Coaching, mm-hmm. In the, coaching in the NBA is the worst – job in sports in my opinion because the athletes absolutely own almost everyone now there is one exception in the last 20 years that's spurs because Although the heat uh spolster is getting up there too right i mean yeah, spolster, yeah that, that's that's more pat riley um <laughs> uh but pop pop had he had the ultimate pop and Belichick, why I always use those guys as the same kind of men, is they're both authoritative. They're both military-esque type guys. Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't have been able to do what they did unless they had the ultimate general. The general that took the heat, the abuse, right? You couldn't, you couldn't go to the front office. You can go to R.C. Buford and go, hey, Pop yelled at me. Because he would lambaste Tim Duncan in front of everybody. He would destroy Tom, uh, Tony Parker. He would tell mm-hmm. Manu, what the hell are you doing? And you, what, what are you going to do as some second-tier guy? What are you going to say? Uh, uh, no, everyone fell in line, right? Same thing in New England with Brady, right? So your number one guy is the guy eating bleep. Now you have an advantage as a coach. And that's very rare in basketball. So what's going to need to happen is when Binyama is going to need to be a Tim Duncan mentally. Can't be a Kawhi Leonard. Get all sensitive and want to be traded because he has feelings. So the future for the for the for the Spurs, I see as as long as they don't destroy this guy, because that's the thing that sucks about this sports thing. I've I've seen it with with Kevin Durant, most specifically that we've been talking about, and then they're starting to do it with Giannis. They did it with Kobe before too. Kobe was a nice guy the first five years in the league, right? Then all of a sudden he turned into the Black Mama because of all the stuff that went on. So the future of the Spurs is they know how to set up a basketball team. They know what they're doing on that realm for sure. But they, but you got to protect that guy. You got to protect Victor and make sure that he doesn't fall into some abyss where all the pressure's on him and they're 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 expecting him to be you know a Shaq right out the gate, which is it's very hard in this day and age. And I do get what y'all are saying about that puts a lot of pressure on Victor, but I, I put us getting Vic as something that probably automatically gives us about seven to eight 
more wins compared to what we had last season. So that puts us at 30. I, you know, I think that's about the effect that Victor has on us. Um, the rest of that I see coming from the development of the guys that we already have, what I saw in the summer league. Um, and, and I do see some of our guys developing into more. So I think that chemistry will be there. Um, and I do agree. I think you should have left Becky on staff. Um, she was already, though, she was already making about $750,000 as uh, Pop's assistant. So she goes over to the W and Mark Davis pays her a million dollars a year because, of course, you have to pay her more in order for her to want to come to the W. Some viewed it as a step down. Uh, for me, I viewed it as a lateral move, even though she was going from assistant to uh, head coaching position, just just is what it is, you know, as far as marketability. Um, but I think that that was more on the Spurs front office compared to Pop's decision. I think he was probably ready to hand the, the reins over when his wife passed away. Um, we just saw a change in Pop, and I think he was probably ready to hand the reins over then and wasn't necessarily allowed to hand it over to the person that he wanted to hand it over to at that time. And so in order for her to have be able to come back to that, she had to go get some experience and some rings behind her. So, you know, I think that's what she's doing right now. And of course it would be ideal for her to stay on staff and be a part of that, of building. And I mean, that would be great, of course, but I don't, it just, I don't think it could work out that way. And I don't think it's an accident either that she goes over to Las Vegas and where I'm right. from and where I'm at now, excuse me. And, you know, a championship and, on the verge of another playoff run here after they had a big blowout and win last night. So For sure. I ask you this though, before we head to your thoughts on the Lakers is development of Victor himself, uh, who is primarily responsible for that. And the reason why I ask this, is because you guys had a outstanding tutor or what could have been an outstanding tutor in Tim Duncan on mm -hmm. the staff. He was someone that was an assistant coach for a while also a rumored a possibility as a, as a successor to uh, Greg Popovich. One of the things I want to ask you is though, when it comes to Tim Duncan, he decided to step away because he didn't like the everyday day-to-day -day life of being a coach. Is he going to come back with knowing that they have Victor? Is he going to come back and be a great part of his development? Because if he is, then that could speed up that development. In my opinion, that much more. I do believe that Tim Duncan's going to, I don't know that he's necessarily going to be on staff or I, I don't know the, you know, like the legality of everything and how that's going to go. But um, I didn't really want him as an assistant coach. Um, he doesn't have really? the personality. He doesn't have the personality for it. Um, hold on, I think hold on. I got to give you a, what? <laughs> what? what? I, I mean, okay. So, okay. So there was, when he was an assistant coach, right? Pop gets ejected or he's going to miss a game. I can't remember if he was ill or something like that. And they named Tim Duncan as the person to fill in, right? Yeah. Um, Becky had been on staff already for maybe five seasons. Uh, to me, it seemed like she was the person that they should have named as to fill in because this was Tim's first year as an assistant coach. Um, he just does not have the assertiveness that you need from a coach. Um, you know, we've seen plenty of time. It's not an NBA season if Pop doesn't get ejected at least twice. So, um, you know, if I, I don't see that out of Tim Duncan, but when LaMarcus Aldridge was injured, um, he stayed behind while everybody else went to the bubble and Tim Duncan stayed and worked out with him and helped him get through his rehab. And I think that's what we see the t type of specialized coaching and training more of a trainer than I would say on coaching staff. Fair enough. I just, just something, if he can just even spend some time with Victor. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think that is just invaluable for, for him and his learning process as a fellow big man who had such lofty expectations when he came out as number one right. spot. It's because he is one of the few people that can actually relate to his situation in many ways. Mm -hmm. Although in a new modern era, it, you know, there's still some things that even Victor will go through that even Tim Duncan can't or Tim Duncan mm -hmm. didn't in the age of social media, et cetera, et cetera. But still as a number one draft pick with so many expectations on him, I think if Tim spends any time with Victor, I think that will be to Victor's benefit. For sure. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, it is Megan Price. You got to go ahead and check out all the great work that she does. And <gasps> take a deep breath here once again. 806 Sports Radio, Beyond the Rim, Chicks in the Pod, Sports Arena, the NBA Carousel, all the stuff that she does for the WNBA and the Sip Off. Please go ahead and check all the great work that she does on all these different shows. And at the very end, she's going to go ahead and give you exactly everything that she does and where to find her on social media. But Magic Man, it now turns to her thoughts on the Lakers. I will start with you, my friend. Uh, did you have any questions to start off for her on the Los Angeles Lakers? Yes, Megan, we had uh, we had some nice guys from uh, the Suns Jam Session YouTube channel, and they were point blank and blunt. They thought that uh, the Lakers were kind of overrated. Do you kind of feel the same way this year, that uh, there's – like a little too much hype? What's your um, thoughts? Absolutely not. I don't think that they're overrated. I think that, you know, they might be a little underrated because you have people out there saying things like that. Um, they, in the first couple of days of free agency, kind of stalled. Um, and, and everybody, because I'm a part of a, a Lakers group on Twitter as well. So um, and I have some great friends in there. And, you know, everybody was basically losing it, you know, uh, just because nothing was happening on their end. And then they ended up making some moves that I think are gonna be extremely critical. Um, one, Max Christie, uh, his development is going to be vital. Um, I, I see him possibly being able to be a sixth man of the year. Um, and then uh, Rui Hashimur, um, what an amazing, amazing move at the trade deadline right there. Like, I don't think that anybody could have, unless you were watching, you know, the Eastern Conference quite a bit. And I mean, I don't think anybody was watching Washington. Um, I particularly was just because I host a show that talks about them. But um, when they picked him up, I was like, oh, yes. And then he just fit in so well with you guys last season. So I just, I, I look forward to see how much he develops with you guys. Um, and then the pickup of Jackson Hayes, I felt like that was huge as well. Um, he came over from New Orleans, and I think he'll have the, be able to, if Christian Wood is injured, which he has an injury history, uh, that, and it's just factual. Same with AD. You still have a third that, while he's young and still developing, he is capable um, because he had to fill in a lot when Zion was not on the court, which was majority of last season. So um, I think that is a huge move. And then the addition to Gabe Vincent was another level. Um, that's who we're talking about um, as far as your starting guard. I don't necessarily believe in D'Lo like that, but y'all paid him. So you're definitely going to play him. But when he fails y'all, Gabe Vincent will save y'all. Joe? Uh, any Lakers questions for Megan? It's interesting how the Suns uh, cockroaches came out of the, <laughs> the floors. We had some debates on YouTube. Now the guests were great. The yeah, the guests are great. great. The guests are great. I, I, every time I listen, I hear him talk, I feel like I'm listening to a radio show. Now, everything is predicated on injuries and in anything, right? But we always have to say, barring injury. If this team does not have an injury issue, they are going to smoke people. It's just not because we are Laker fans and we want to imagine stuff. I want you to put it in perspective. You had a disastrous season last year up until the trade deadline. They basically took scraps from the scrap heap, put it together with some handy mechanical work, and they freaking made it to the Western Conference Final with one leg and two arms. That's it. Just one leg and two arms. No head, no nothing, right? And you were a couple games in there where you probably should have won. So now you're telling me 
you got reinforcements, you got a training camp that you're going to have guys acclimating themselves. And you got a pretty determined Anthony Davis. And then LeBron right now is a year older. I'd say that's probably the only negative. But he averaged 29 points last year in his 20th season. So until I see him drop to five, I'm going to assume he's going to have a good year. So I think a lot of it is they want the Lakers to not play well. And then when you reverse it back to the Phoenix thing, I mean, the Phoenix Suns are, are, are you know, they're, they're, they're frustrated like Denver was frustrated up until this last year. They hadn't won anything. Well, I should say Denver won an ABA title back in the day, but no one remembers that. Um, and that's kind of where this stands. But the reality of what's going to happen here is, 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 is if the Lakers stay healthy, they're going to be a top four seed. In the, in the West, and the West will be the most competitive conference by a mile because history, recent history has proved it. And I was a supporter of the Eastern Conference last year. I thought, man, you got three teams. It's top heavy, but you got three teams for sure. Yeah. Fan, you know, fantasy? Not, you're not going to get me again. You're not going to get me again. Sometimes I get tricked into that too. I'm, I'm a human being. It happens. But uh, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to take the Eastern Conference serious at all uh, until they give me a reason to. They've been terrible since 1999, and they ha- they've won championships since then, but it's never been in a dominant fashion in my book. I haven't seen any real true dominance throughout an entire playoff run. It's usually always the West that does something like that every now and then. Uh, and that's it. That's, that, that's what we have. And I think this is the last year, especially if LeBron – and AD play in the Olympics next summer. I think this is the last year, uh, unless uh, LeBron goes back to wherever he was questioned on that one place, wherever that biogenesis, what was it, Sean? Go ahead, look, Sean, go ahead. Yeah, biogenesis. Yeah, so the Tony biogenesis ba- thing. The scumbag Tony Bosch. Yeah, yeah, so unless, unless he can get some next-level stuff where he could prolong his career in the five years, uh, you're likely going to see the last run here this coming year of the LeBron AD Just era. facilitate another controversy there, there, Joe. That's I don't I believe it, by the way. I, I, again, it's 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 a it's a nice. This this goes back to what I'm saying is they want to tear you down. They, as in, it's not just the media; it's the people who read the stuff. They want you to suffer because they're miserable scumbags who don't have a life. So then, when they see someone who's successful. And the moment they have a little chink in the armor, boom. Oh, yeah, he used it without any evidence or any idea what the hell is going on. So that's 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 where I stand on that. So, Megan, uh, where do you see the Lakers falling in the Western Conference? Because everybody's always talking about the Lakers, Phoenix, uh, also, of course, Denver returning as the champs. You you have uh, so many other up and coming teams as well. You've got Memphis, uh, Golden State still around there. You know, there's still so many variables. The Clippers, if everybody actually comes out of the the med ward and actually decides they want to play, your thoughts mm-hmm. on on where the Lakers will fall in the Western Conference, and then you also have the Spurs in the mix as well in the playoffs. So, um, well, I don't know that we actually finish at an eight seed. I think we go uh, hit the playoffs or hit the play-in tournament and kind of knock a team out and come in that way. Um, but I think Memphis is going to be incredibly interesting. That Derrick Rose addition, um, just he just could not get any minutes over there in New York, and and we know why that is because he can't play defense anymore. He just does not have the the physicality for it. Uh, but he's still an excellent leader um, and still a heck of a shooter. So you know, I think we see Derrick Rose not necessarily with meaningful minutes, um, but. 10 to 12 minutes, probably. Um, I would like to see the addition of Boogie Cousins somewhere. I really liked his fit there in Denver, playing second to Joker, coming in whenever Joker needed needed some time out. So that was the only tweak to the Denver roster that I would like to see is uh, just a little help for Joker and just some downtime minutes. As far as the Lakers, I see y'all as probably a three seed four seed maybe um I, I think that's if you know if you take in if there are some injuries that happen I still see y'all as a top five team no doubt um Sacramento is still there though so I think we see Sacramento in the top three as well 
Um, Golden State is still there, um, but I'm interested to see how they fit CP3 in because they have said he's starting. So I don't understand that at all. Excellent thoughts from, from Megan Price. Please check out all the great work that she's doing today. And before we go, Megan, it is now your time for some shameless plugs. Okay. And knowing what I just saw as far as your full itinerary of shows that you're a part of, it's a full list of plugs. I'm, you know, it is. Don't worry about There's no time limit on her show. So go right ahead. <laughs> Take as much time as you need. What you working on out there and how people uh, can go ahead and follow you on social media. Okay, well, if you will search the Queen of Hoop, um, it'll bring up my Facebook, my Instagram, or my Twitter, uh, or X, whatever you choose to call it. I can't get, seem to get Twitter out of my uh, vocabulary. You and, but, uh, and everyone else. Right. So um, I have, like I said, I have started um, hosting spaces on Twitter. Um, right now, it's just WNBA spaces. But when the NBA starts, um, I will also be co-hosting some of the NBA spaces as well. And I love those because I love being able to give other people mics and bring them up and hear their uh, their points of view as well. So it's not just like, oh, hey, uh, we're listening to these people talk and nobody's listening to our opinion. Like if I see you comment, I like what you have to say, I'm gonna shoot you a mic and come on and talk with us. So on, right? No, absolutely. Cool. (laughs) Absolutely. No, I absolutely want to hear what somebody says. And if we disagree, we disagree. It's okay, because the sun's still going to come up tomorrow. No one ever Um, shows up though, right? I've had some people come on. I'm cool. We've never had anybody show up there. We had some pretty adamant guys saying, well, it was really me, but, but I told him, I say, Hey, come on. Tell me why, tell me why I'm, tell me why you think I am who you think I am. And it went crickets. Um, oh, so then also I have a um, all female panel of couple shows. It's three chicks in a pod, but we also have a spinoff called Chicks and Salsa. And so we had a fourth chick join us and we kind of just kind of had to rework it so that the numbers matched everything and it matched the name. Then we have the sip off and the sip off is a, a play on the words of the tip off. We have drinks and we talk all levels of basketball all the way from high school um, to college to international to women's to NBA, um, just all levels, uh, three on three. We talk about any and everything, but we're all drinking as well. So uh, it's it's more a uh, 18 and over crowd because the language is a little colorful. Um, and then we also have 806 Sports. And so I'm the host of that. That's Sports Talk Radio. It's on 1440 AM k here in Amarillo, or you can follow us on Facebook. We live stream on there as well. Um, I think... I think that's everything, but I put out tons of stuff. So just check out my Facebook, my YouTube channel, and just search my name. Uh, Awesome, indeed. You do so much for the world of sports, uh, and you do such a great job. Joe, stop it. Uh, Can I ask you one question, though, before we head on out? Uh, Actually, Magic Man put it out there. Uh, Your thoughts right now, because the WNBA is now just basically a two-team league at this point, from what everybody's (laughs) looking at and seeing. Yeah, yeah, I I kid, but Actually, I don't right. kid. Those two are pretty good. Las Vegas or New York? The Liberty or the Aces? Um, oh, that's so tough. I'm going to put um, you on the spot. That's tough. So I am going to have to go with uh, numbers and stats on that one. And I'm going to have to go with New York because they have Vegas's number. Now, I will say that Vegas was tired. They were on a road trip. But uh, if we can see Candace hit the court again, then I think possibly Vegas wins. But New York just gelled together at the right time. Shout out to uh, Sandy Brondello for figuring out her rotations because they were hella ugly the first 12 games. Um, But now it seems they have figured that out. Everybody knows their role on that team. Everybody has a role unless you're Stewie. Um, And I think that they just have Vegas figured out right now. Now, when Kia Stokes is your starting center, you got problems because there's no points. She can get boards consistently but she's not going to put up any points uh i i don't want to go as far and say she is the w's ben simmons but she's scared to shoot oh, the oh, ball oh, uh, he's good. that's a good one because <laughs> she puts out videos all the time of her shooting and she never does it during the game yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one i didn't even think of that one that that's actually really good as well yeah i, I disagree i think it, it's a situation where it's just a Las Vegas, I just don't think got up for it as much as New York did. New York was looking more for it during the regular season. Which, which, I think when, which when you the, have a series, which of, which of the four games, Gerald? 
Because the well, Liberty beat three them three out of four times. Yeah, I'm just telling, I'm telling you right now. It's a home series. The you know the Vegas is at home, defending champs. All right, we'll see. You know Becky Hammett. If they she's need, as good they a need coach as, as everybody says she is. I'm playing the world's smallest violin for Gerald and the okay. Las Who Vegas. Who has a better record? Who has the better record? Okay, well, well, that's why they play the games, right? I'm that's with why Megan. They play the games. Okay. I'm with Megan. I I like the oh, Liberty yeah, ESPN a lot. Oh yeah, ESPN. I know. I saw ESPN. All their experts have now just got jumped on the Liberty. Gerald, game. I think ESPN's uh, experts is that Gerald, an oxymoron. I, I think uh, I think Sabrina Ionescu has turned a corner. Gerald, she leads the league in three point shooting, and she does have the Mamba mentality. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. Well, again. I'm I'm in the minority here. I'm going to go ahead with the team with the best record, Las Vegas Aces, and support my local team here. So, go Aces, go indeed. But uh, once again, it is Mega Price. Shut up, Joe. <laughs> Jackass. It is Megan Price. Please go yes. ahead and check her out. I the got you to curse she's... finally. <laughs> I said Jackass. That's terrible, Gerald. <laughs> There's kids watching. Come on. Well. Okay, I don't know why after watching you after for all this time, but it is Megan Price. Check out what she's doing today as part of 806 Sports. You got to go ahead and make sure you check out all the work that she does. Again, Beyond the Rim, Three Chicks in a Pod, Sports Arena, Queen of Hoop, of course. Follow, just type that in, and of course, everything <laughs> pops up for as far as social media. NBA Carousel, the WNBA, all the stuff that she does for the Dallas Wings and Team USA Women's Basketball, and the sip-off as well. Megan, great to have you back. Looking forward to having yes. you on during the season because we're going to start doing pregames. So we're going to try and get on our, our guests that we were doing all these team previews with during the course of the season. So we can go ahead and get up to date on, on Victor and all the Spurs action that's going on. So we'd love to have you on during the season to go ahead and talk some San Antonio Spurs. Oh, yes, I look forward to it. Um, you know, I have been ready to talk Spurs from the second they called out our name. So... Oh, absolutely. Looking forward to a great season with Victor, Rookie of the Year, most likely. We'll see if that's the case. Health willing, of course, and the health willing for everybody on the Spurs to see how much they can improve on this season. We'll see what happens there, but please go ahead and check out what she's doing today at Queen of Hoop on Twitter. There you go, indeed. But Megan, great to have you here. Looking forward to our next conversation tomorrow with Frank from the Rockets Chop Shop. Also this weekend, Lakerholic Spotlight, Gage Bridgeford from the Denver Nuggets, and more. So go ahead and check out everything that we're doing right here at the Lakers.